NVIDIA stock has gone up over 200% year to date. And if you are familiar with this channel, you guys know I'm a huge NVIDIA bull. It's my number one position. Um, and you guys know I love the semiconductor market. If you're watching this channel, it's because you guys know I provide the best semiconductor content there is out there. Um, on today's episode, what I want to do, though, is take a closer look at five semiconductor companies that I would purchase right now over NVIDIA. And this is not to throw shade to NVIDIA. Like I mentioned, it's my number one position. Um, but to be honest, at these price points, I don't believe I personally would buy NVIDIA right now. If I was trying to enter into the semiconductor market, um, I, I think I would put NVIDIA on pass or just on hold maybe to see if there's any buying opportunities in the future um, but we can see the stock is up over 226 percent year to date sitting at a market cap of 1.1 trillion dollars and it's definitely sitting on this kind of huge expectations that i do believe the company can kind of meet if no kind of if, if everything works as 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 intended right and unfortunately in the world of business and just like the world of life nothing ever goes as expected uh, so for those reasons i believe the risk to reward ratio for nvidia is not in my favor if i was to purchase right now um, obviously i have no intentions of selling this stock i do believe in the long term uh, i will be pretty happy holding into my positions but it's not one that i would personally buy at these levels instead i would buy these other players instead um, and number the, the first one I want to take a closer look at is AMD, um, Advanced Micro Devices. So AMD has definitely seen a nice roundup, right? Year to date, the stock is up 76%, sitting at a market cap of $181 billion. Uh, AMD is the number two position in my portfolio. Uh, if we take a closer look at Google's PE ratio, it does estimate that at AMD is sitting at a PE ratio of roughly 460. I want to say, I just want to remind everybody that right now we are in this crazy inventory correction um, market happening in the semiconductor market that I believe is more of a short-term pain, um, which is causing AMD to really have some losses in certain segments. One of those segments is the consumer market. And I do believe when things start to pick back up, um, we're going to see the forward estimations in a bit that the PE ratio for AMD is not that crazy. Um, the main reason I believe AMD can be a, a great winner is, is definitely hitting a lot of similar markets. Uh, they have the data center market with their cpus they also have a gpu and accelerator products that can definitely benefit i don't believe they're going to benefit like nvidia uh, but it's always good to have an optionality for consumers to have another type of product out there and right now we are seeing a lot of strength from amd and their software side we're also seeing a lot of players kind of try to help AMD and their software development as well to kind of combat that monopoly that NVIDIA has. And so I do believe the data center market, this digitalization, not only just from AI, but everything else happening in the world from autonomous driving um, to e-commerce, to advertisement, to video streaming, you're going to need a lot of data center solutions because we're going to continue to see growth in the data center world. Uh, so AMD definitely is a great provider there. Obviously, another market that I'm super excited about is the embedded market this is where they have their fpgas their system on chips there are a lot of developments a lot of other markets outside of the data center the industrial the automotive the um the aerospace and defense the healthcare market that do need some form of specialized chips that's where we see the embedded market obviously the consumer market is pretty strong but it's always tends to be very cyclical like the client and gaming again i did mention that i do believe in the short term these are the two markets 
client and gaming that might be a major headwind for the company but again more of a short-term pain when things get better i do believe we are going to start to see some profitability here I mean, we can see their client, um, just to take a closer look at numbers, client market operating income was down roughly 125% versus a year ago. The company's also releasing new products in their data center market, which caused their data center operating income to be down 65%. Um, but overall, we can see the embedded market is still a big player um, in their kind of overall margins. And I do believe the embedded market will be a nice growth opportunity for the company. So overall for AMD, all four markets are one I'm bullish on. Again, short-term pain, but in the long term, if we take a closer look, advanced micro devices, AMD's forward PE ratio for over one year. So for one year, that doesn't mean the end of this fiscal year, which ends in roughly two quarters, but the end of next fiscal year, so roughly six quarters from now, um, is a forward PE ratio of 26.42. I personally don't believe that's crazy for a company that can definitely grow dramatically with this AI race um, and it's definitely sitting at numerous um, growth avenues from their data center market outside of the AI space, um, releasing numerous CPUs, releasing GPUs, accelerators, and obviously the consumer market as well. Uh, when we compare it to NVIDIA, the Ford PE ratio of NVIDIA uh, for that same time lapse is roughly 43, which again, it doesn't show, uh, if NVIDIA really meets these expectations, it's not completely, completely overvalued to some extent. Obviously, it all has to do with expectations. Now, the second company I want to take a closer look at is Qualcomm. But before I go any further, guys, if you are enjoying the episode, make sure to hit the thumbs up. I'm trying to hit 30,000 subs by the end of the year. So if you haven't subscribed, make sure to hit the sub button. I also do have a semiconductor membership program where I do weekly videos on a semiconductor company, either deep dives or something happening around the market. Make sure to hit join now to kind of enter that space as well. And finally, finally, I want to thank The Motley Fool for sponsoring sponsoring this video and check out fool.com slash jose for the 10 best stocks to buy now with that link you get a promotional offer for the subscription service now let's continue with today's episode so qualcomm is another big player and this is a nice market cap player here we can see sitting at 144 billion dollars if we look at google's pe ratio it says it's roughly 13.89 i want to say qualcomm is in a different market to amd is more based on cell phones at the moment or mobile devices so very heavily dependent in the consumer space and for that reasons this company tends to be a little bit more on the riskier side to some extent it does have a dividend yield of 2.5 but remember that pe ratio is sitting pretty low so this is more of a value in my opinion value growth play uh so right now the company makes most of its money from its handsets that is that mobile market but they are expanding into the automotive space and into the Internet of Things space. I do believe the Internet of Things or IoT has a huge growth opportunity for this player. And in the next few years, maybe in the next five years, I do believe IoT will eventually be bigger than handsets. And the automotive market will continue to grow as strong digits. Now, we are getting in this force of AI. And one thing that I've been talking about Qualcomm for numerous months is that they, have, they believe the future of AI is hybrid. And when they mean hybrid they call it where um, right now most of ai workloads are done on the cloud unfortunately that is very very expensive so what ha needs to happen is they need to do this hybrid approach where certain workloads are done over on the cloud and certain workloads are done locally and this is going to be something that's going to help with the sustainability of the cost of of ai uh, so qualcomm believes that they have numerous 
AI accelerators already in numerous, numerous chips, billions and billions of chips. So they believe that they are going to be one of the leaders because they have numerous chips for their for to bring local AI to their products. And just recently, on July 18th of 2023, Qualcomm works with Meta to enable on-device AI applications using Llama 2. Uh, so they do believe that they are going to start this implementation on flagship smartphones and PCs starting from 2024 onward. Uh, so we can see Qualcomm already has a nice partnership with a big player trying to push this AI front of on-device AI, which is really going to push that hybrid AI market that Qualcomm has been talking about. And I do believe this is a growth opportunity for this giant. Now, Qualcomm's PE ratio forward one year is closer to 13.4. Again, this is a company that right now really depends on the memory market. But but it definitely has those other growth opportunities that I believe this is a great play. If maybe you want something in the value play, maybe something that pays a dividend yield and maybe also has a nice growth opportunity. That's why I personally enjoy Qualcomm. And it also is in my portfolio right now. Now, the third company is one that deals with kind of microcontrollers. And microcontrollers are used everywhere in, in everything from aerospace and defense to airplanes. Um, the, the list goes on. It's data centers, the AI, the list goes on. But it's something we don't really hear about. So Microchip is trading under the ticker MCHP. Uh, so Microchip right now has a dividend yield of roughly 1.6, a market cap of 50.6, and a PE ratio currently of 23. So nothing too too crazy so uh, if we take a closer look at revenue by end market what i really do enjoy about microchip is look their three biggest markets are industrial i do believe industrial market is going to continue to grow as we continue to see more robotics entering the workplace data center and computing is number two and number three is automotive i do those three make up roughly six seventy seven um if i'm yep seventy seven percent of the company's total revenue um and i do believe those three markets have huge growth opportunities this is also a company that again most of their revenue comes from mixed signal microcontroller units uh, which again i do believe has numerous growth opportunities and now if we take a closer look here they talk about how microcontroller units are used in everything from consumers, industrial, space, automotive, medical, data centers, defense, communication, infrastructure, even aviations. And not only do they provide the microcontrollers, this company also provides numerous analog solutions so they kind of fit the total system solution. They have numerous market megatrends from 5G, Internet of Things, data center, e-mobility, and at things like autonomous driving as well. If we also take a closer look at another presentation here, we can see that right now, microchip content is roughly $100,000 per aircraft. And right now, we are seeing a nice backlog on aircrafts from companies like Boeing and from all these other players out there uh, as well. Um, their chips are obviously are, are going into some pretty in, in, interesting cars like the Ionic Ionic 6, uh, a Hyundai vehicle, and we can also see, I do believe they do have a chip of their free cash flow, uh, adjusted free cash flow per share continues to grow on a yearly basis. And again, I do believe this is pretty interesting, and this is a company that's going to do really, really well. Uh, right now, if we take a closer look at Microchip, their PE ratio forward one year is closer to 14.4. This is another one very similar to Qualcomm, where I believe it's more sitting in like a value play, but it definitely has numerous growth opportunities a dividend yield to kind of get those kind of growth, um, uh, some form of steady growth, maybe not something that would 4x, 5x dramatically like NVIDIA, but definitely has the potential to be a nice market beater stock uh, in, in my portfolio, another one I own. 
Now, number four, this is one that I've recently started talking about. Um, I recently added it into my portfolio, and it's BE Semiconductor. This is a European-based company. It is traded on o- over-the-counter um, it's ticker B-E-S-I-Y. I do believe it all depends on who you're using as a broker, if you can purchase it or not. Let me kind of explain why I like it. Uh, so Bessie is a semiconductor equipment, assembly equipment provider. So if you know of s- some other companies out there that provide semiconductor equipment, um, that's the same market Bessie is in. Luckily, Bessie is in a very unique market, right? So if we take a closer look, they use their, they're, they're really focused on, I actually have it right here. Uh, let me just open it up, uh, open up another slide uh, so I can show you guys the different market opportunities that they have. I actually did a deep dive on Bessie on the membership program that I talked about earlier earlier today, um, where I do a, 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 real, a real deep dive on this company. It's about a 20, 30 minute video, uh, but just a quick overview you this is a company that provides semiconductors that go on die attach die attach is really important with things like thermal compression and hybrid bonding that is something that is being used right now for a lot of ai applications then they obviously have a lot of things like packaging and plating but two of my favorite things are the thermal compression and the hybrid bonding and if we take a closer look, hyperbonding is used by a lot of players. One of the big players who really started off was AMD with their 3D Vcash technology, for example. They're using it on both the consumer and in the kind of uh, GPU uh, data center CPU market as well. The way that they are creating their MI300, this is through hyperbonding, right? So we are seeing a lot of advanced players do this now. Uh, and this is a huge growth opportunity, right? So um, here, uh, Bessie gives us a nice slide where they talk about all the different solutions needed to kind of this new 3D chiplet structure where you need things like hyperbonding, chip to wafer, thermal compression bond, uh, thermal compression bonding. You have high bandwidth memory stacking, and the list goes on and on. And they even tell you the kind of solutions that they have within that market. Uh, so obviously, right now, um, in their most recent earnings call, Bessie does mention that they do have this first mover advantage in things like hybrid bonding protection lines uh, so they are expecting for this market to grow over time right now there is a major headwind effect in the semiconductor equipment market that is really causing maybe some of the players to not purchase that match equipment right now um, but in the long term of things i do believe the opportunity is here for example Hybrid technology in volume production by TSMC and AMD only really began in 2022. They do believe volume production is really going to start maybe later on um, for for memory as well. Uh, And then after that, you're even going to have your more mature players really start to enter this space as this technology matures over time. Uh, So overall, there's numerous growth opportunities for Bessie right now. Uh, This is one of my favorites and one that I will be buying over time. Like I mentioned, they do have a nice amount of leading equipment portfolio. Um, if we take a closer look for Bessie, unfortunately, their P.E. ratio is not updated right now on, on Y charts. Uh, but P.E. ratio here we can see from Google is currently sitting at 44. This is a company that in, in a market cap of less than $10 billion. I do believe this is one that can be bought out by maybe another big player out there. Uh, in a market cap of $10 billion, I don't think it's ridiculous. I do believe someone would pay a lot more, especially for their kind of semiconductor equipment. This is also a company that I do believe their P.E. ratio can can kind of grow dramatically or kind of shrink down uh, as this company's earnings get a lot stronger because the market starts to spend money in equipment. Uh, so that's number four. 
Now, number five, this is going to be the most boring approach. But if I really, really wanted to get into the semiconductor market without having any knowledge in the space, I would say that a semiconductor ETF is always my favorite, favorite approach. One of the top semiconductor ETFs is ticker SOXX. Um, there are other ones out there. What I really like of SOXX is this is one that's really weighing its portfolio pretty strongly. I know there are others that, for example, might have NVIDIA closer to 16 17% of the overall portfolio. But here we can see NVIDIA is still number one position, but roughly number, um, but it's roughly only 8%. We also saw some of my other players, AMD being a nice 7% roughly, uh, or the number three position here. Uh, for those not familiar, SOXX is a... Uh, iShare Semiconductor ETF. They do have roughly $9 billion assets under management, so definitely been here over time. And I do believe their expense ratio is closer to like 0.35, so nothing too, too crazy. Right now, the semiconductor market has really done amazing years to date. It's up 50%. Uh, I've done many videos before where in October, right, when this was negative, um, I would say how this was probably going to be a market-beating uh, ETF, and it definitely hasn't disappointed me. So I'm pretty happy that I was knocking out those videos in October where I was really, really bullish on the semiconductor market. Still, I do believe I'm bullish in the company, um, but sometimes maybe individual stocks might have um, too much risk behind them that maybe a, a simple ETF approach might be another great way for me to play it. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Take care, have a good day, and see you next time.